Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So 0% royalties are picking up steam again. Of course, in this market, with everything being down, people are looking for ways to cut pennies here and there. And I first covered 0% royalties back on episode 276 and 280. And in those episodes, I stated how I believe that royalties really help to keep projects sustainable. However, I challenged myself to come up with some arguments that were in favor of 0% royalties. So that's what we're going to dive into today. So when you make an NFT transaction, when you're buying on the secondary markets, meaning not the original mint, but going to one of the marketplaces such as OpenSea, Magic Eden, Atomic Hub, there are typically three transactions to look out for. And depending on the blockchain, it could be two. But on Ethereum, Solana, and most other blockchains, it is going to be three. And those three are the gas price, which is the blockchain. So for example, over on Wax, you're not going to see it. Or on Polygon, you're going to see it minimally. However, definitely on Ethereum, it's going to show up a lot more. And it is there minimally on Solana. The second one that you're going to see is the platform fee. So that is whatever percent the marketplace is going to charge. And the third thing is the creator royalty. So as far as the blockchain fee goes with the gas, that all really all depends. That's set in. There's nothing you can really do about that. It just depends on which blockchain you're on and the traffic at that time. However, selecting which marketplace you decide to buy your secondary NFTs from does make a huge difference. Some of them have 0%, some of them have 2.5%, and the prices really vary depending which one. So understanding that, that that really is where you're buying it from, and that has nothing to do with the specific project or the creator. However, the royalties that is set per project could vary. I've seen anywhere between 0 and 10 is probably the highest one that I've seen, but I'm sure there's some out there, probably 20, 30, but the ones that I've seen and collected myself, the highest one that I've seen was 10%. The ones that have the higher fee, in theory, now this is all in theory, (laughs) broad generalization, should have better features. And a lot of the times when you're looking at free products, you're going to pay either in your time, the user experience, the uptime, whatever it might be, there's something that is going to be lacking in a free platform. And this is a gross generalization. And the more people using it, the more problems are going to show up. So it's easy to have a free platform when, let's say, 100 people are using it. But having a free platform when a million people are using it, that could be very difficult. And that is what these a lot of these social media apps and platforms run into, is as they scale up, how they're going to keep their revenue. But then, of course, when you get into the project, now a lot of people are going to say, well, those royalties is what's going to feed the starving artists, pay the devs, keep the project going, be able to fund the mission and good social good and all of that. But of course, this is going to be the pro for the 0% royalties. So taking all of that aside, the reason why it could be an interesting aspect to go 0% royalty is it's going to force these models to evolve, right? So these platforms, so whether it's Magic Eden, OpenSea, I'll just pick on those, they're going to have to figure out better ways to monetize, right? So as far as what are they going to do in order to generate income, they can't solely rely on that transaction fee, the 2%, 3%, whatever it is, depending on the platform. So they're going to have to find things and services that they can offer other businesses, let's say. So they're going to have to in the case of Magic Eden and OpenSea, what they're doing right now, in addition to the royalties that they're collecting or the fees, I should say, 
They're doing these NFT incubators when you can launch directly on them. They're offering uh, different consulting services as far as working with influencers, working with brands, building a community, and all of those things. And those are something that they could sell separate and apart from the secondary fees. So they're making the revenue actually from the project itself and not necessarily the collector or the buyer. And that's just one way of circumventing everything and keeping the lights on and being able to fund the growth and development and everything. And in order to do that, you're going to have to get very creative. These teams are going to have to think of, okay, what are the current problems that are in this NFT space in Web3? What can we offer in order to legitimize this and really bring more people in and have a sustainable business model? Because first and foremost, there's a lot of education that has to go on. There's a lot of onboarding and explaining and then bridging the gap between Web2 companies that are behemoths on the internet right now. They have the biggest budgets. They have a longer history. And when I say longer history, I'm talking 10 years, I'm not talking anything absolutely ridiculous like we're talking about Ford and GM that those are 100 plus years company. But what they've been around and they have bigger budgets, bigger teams, and they can get into this now. So if they're working with an OpenSea and Magic Eden, they can offer services that are very unique because in this, this space of Web3, those are the big players. So bridging over to the big players in Web2, it is just a great way to have a partnership and they could make their revenue that way. However, this is all in theory. I don't know if they can continue the development and everything that they're doing right now. But some people just absolutely argue that, well, look at OpenSea. They have so many royalties and they're collecting money hand over fist, yet there's all sorts of broken features and the site's constantly going down. People are still having issues with the shared contract and all of those things. Yes, I understand it is growing pains. So taking this with a grain of salt, understanding that, yes, maybe if they get some partners and they're making the money directly from them rather than the consumers, they could still in theory, still continue their growth, developing and doing all sorts of things. And down the line that these users that are on the platform having lower fees can still get a better user experience going forward. And it's a win-win for everybody. Again, in theory. Now, going to the project itself, this is where things start to get a little bit interesting because now as a project, we often talk about feeding the starving artist and whatever. But generally speaking, you know, most of them that are commissioned to do artwork for a particular project, whatever, they get the one-time upfront fee for, you know, the mint. And then after that, if anything comes, they might work with another artist or recommission them or something. But most of these artists, especially uh, the earlier ones, for example, the artist that did the Bored Apes, there wasn't like some sort of a long-term residual thing. And it was really a set one-time gig. And sure, you could say those people that got into it early and sign those gigs and like the project took off well it gave them a lot of eyes on their work and so forth yes that is true and in the long run yes it did benefit them but upfront, when i'm talking with the initial popularity of some of those projects and the initial sales and everything they didn't necessarily get it so that is the number one argument saying well that's why projects have to have these royalties but generally speaking like how much of that actually goes to the artist most times it is being used for the uh, co-founders and the team and of course to uh, do all the missions and things that are on the roadmap but not to mention that if this is a legitimate project that is building out things, it might be a game, might be building out different platforms, a website, and building out a, a real business model, well, that's going to take some funding. And as the funds are being spent on all these things, well, how is that going to be replaced? Now, let's just say there is no royalty. Again, this is pro not having royalties. They're going to have to do the same thing too. They're going to have to figure out how to turn that project into a legitimate business. And just like any other business, there are going to be some services and things that we offer to the public for absolutely free, knowing that we're going to make monies other way. So 
in the case of projects, they might want to go out and start to get some corporate partners, right? So in the case of just giving an example, uh, Chewy Labs, what they were doing is they have a partnership with uh, Verizon, they have a partnership with Arizona Ice Tea, and quite a few other brands where it is a win-win for both those brands are getting into Web3, they're doing different things. And then, of course, they have an IP, a project that is very corporate friendly and so forth. So they're working with them and they're spreading awareness on both sides. And it's a win-win for both parties. You know, Arizona and Verizon and those, they don't have to have an NFT project. However, they can associate with the particular brands and have those friendly faces and they could just market and do a co-collaboration. So that is one way that they could get revenue rather than from the holders of the NFT. Another thing, too, is Web3 consulting, right? Because these projects, let's say they've been in the space for now for a year. They see the ups, the downs, the bear market. They went through the bull market, understanding what it takes in the Discord, how to build a community, how to have events, all these different things. They have an area of expertise that another bigger company, a big brand that maybe has a presence in Web2 or just other ways uh, offline or anything, uh, understanding that, yes, there is value in being in the space early and just going through the circus and uh, all the ups and the downs of the rough times while offering those consulting services to other companies. Now, this is not going to individuals. We're talking about, let's say, the top 5,000 companies which is a lot of money, a lot of employees, a lot of business, rather than them taking the risk and coming into Web3 and just doing it all wrong, partnering with some projects that have experience, have a track record delivering for communities, and really have set up a business model that could be an entire thing right there. So you have an NFT project, they have their PFPs, their community, they're just rocking out and doing awesome things, but how are they monetizing without any royalties? It's not depending on people flipping and what have you. And they're going to turn into a legitimate business and get revenue as any B2B business-to-business -business firm. Also, there's content creation. They can now take that IP from the particular NFTs, the characters that they have built and so forth, and they can go out there and start creating, whether it is podcasts, YouTube videos, or if you have a big budget, TV shows and movies, things of that nature. Now you have a following, you have a community, you have a brand, you have all of those things. So again, rather than depending on the royalty sales to keep the funds coming in, all they have to do, and I say this as this is a easy thing, right? Well, it really should be something that is at the forefront of any NFT project. However, there are still some people that are coming in that have no intentions of really turning into a business and they're just having fun. But what I'm talking about when they're actually trying to make this a sustainable business model rather than just launching art every single week Moving on to the next project is that one crashes and burns, which is definitely not sustainable. That's what we saw. People that were launching five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different NFT projects and all of them go to zero, but they made that initial mint money. That is not what we're talking about here. People that are going to associate with the, a particular business and a brand, they're putting their face and their names and reputations on the line while doing things like this. Turning into a real business is what's going to make that sustainable. So not just content creation as all those things, but what about live events as well? We're talking about concerts, hangouts, meetups, conferences, all of those different things that are uh, traditional avenues of generating income. And we're talking about billions of dollars are spent every single year in live events. So why not? transition and position that project into live events, getting the community together, having different things, having a reason for people coming that are willing to, of course, then spend money there. And then that is how you can do it. So for example, let's say they put together this huge event and yes, they're going to have the NFT holders come in for free using their NFTs, but then also they're going to have the various 
outside people are going to make it open up to the public. And those people are going to be coming in paying with either fiat or new crypto and adding money into that project. But then also maybe they have a revenue split with the vendors at the event, things like that. They can get very creative with it because at the end of the day, once again, they just know that they can't depend on flippers funding their growth. And lastly, information products. Self-education is one of those massively growing markets. We're talking about billions of dollars being spent on it right now. And this could easily double, triple, maybe 10x within the next few years as people are walking away from the more traditional colleges and traditional education and they're doing alternative ways of trying to learn different things. Well, whether it is a booklet, a book, a video series, a course, workshop, anything, these types of digital information, they're for sale. And these projects, depending what area they're in, what kind of community they have, what they're offering, they can start to put together certain things that they can offer to the general public. And again, we're not talking about reselling to those people with other NFTs. We're talking about bringing real world value out there and using all of this, the community, the IP and everything to leverage the offers. And we're talking about the old school webinars. We're talking about pitching things at sales conferences. And this is something that is never going away. Sales is just something that has been there since the beginning of time. And it will always be there because something always has to be sold. Now, <laughs> no one really likes salespeople, but it's all about the presentation. So if they're offering a good or a service that is absolutely needed, it's fulfilling a need, at that point, it doesn't really become a sleazy salesman. It becomes someone who is passionate about a solution and sharing it to the world. And that's what projects can do. Just take a page out of the old marketer's book and know that an entrepreneur is someone that takes responsibility for someone else's problems as if it was their own. Well, I forget exactly where I heard that from. I know Russell Brunson said it, but I think he got it from someone else. But anyways, that's just a marketing quote and marketing saying. And these NFT projects can do the same thing, just knowing that they can solve real world problems. And that is a way they can get their information out there. And that could be a stream of income that keeps the mission going. I mean, at the end of the day, no royalties just sounds great, right? Like no one wants to pay more. So knowing that there is two and a half percent or three percent, 10 percent, whatever it is that could be shaved off of the bill of purchasing it sounds great up front. However, as I said, it just makes it that much more difficult to uh, sustain a project or a business in case of the marketplaces. However, that does not mean that it's impossible. If you get creative and you just run businesses as they've always been done, which is people connecting with people and solving problems, well, then there's always a way to do this without necessarily relying on the royalty. So for example, a lot of businesses, whether it is in art, media, live events, or whatever utility that these uh, tokens are offering, people have been selling those offline and still managing to uh, generate income every single year, keep businesses going. And it's not like they're just a sleazy salespeople that are launching new businesses every year or so. No, there's some businesses that have been around literally for hundreds of years. And with Web3 in its infancy, I don't see why we can't figure out ways and models that actually works for us so that we could be around for another 100 years or so. So I know I just kind of uh, breezed through a couple of these, but I just really want to revisit it because at this point, it's picking up a lot of steam. People are trying to figure out ways to only buy 0% royalties and such, which again, I mean, a couple percentage here and there. And it's an experience, right? We pay for all sorts of things. We pay for quality, we pay for speed, we pay for just a better user experience. So I truly believe if something is being offered in a great way, people won't mind paying that royalty. But however, I felt like making this episode just because I usually give the opposite side of saying 0% royalties is not that good of an idea. However, today I just want to get a little creative. So love to know what your thoughts are on this. If you're appreciating this content, 
I would greatly appreciate it if you left a review on whatever podcasting app that you're listening to. I get a lot of comments and people from Twitter that send DMs and everything, and I absolutely appreciate it. However, I'm noticing that very few people comment or the reviews on the podcast app, not to mention they're scattered all over the place. There's Spotify, Apple, and so many others, but I would just greatly appreciate it if whichever one that you're listening to, if you find value in this content that you just leave it a rating and review, it would greatly help out the show. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.